right, guys, welcome to this one time with Juan Montoya. Today, my guest is John Desmet. He is a Xingji, Xingyi practitioner and teacher, a punk rock carnoisseur and uh, old school scenester, as we one would say. And I'm very excited to have him on the cast today and pick at his uh, brain. I will be combing through this podcast for uh, years and years trying to <laughs> figure out. You sure out. about that? Oh, yeah, man. Oh, you a wild <laughs> one. You're a wild one. Um, John, go ahead and introduce yourself uh, even further and kind of dive into it. I just want to know okay. all about Desmet. What you got all for right. me? Well, I'm. it's actually Desmet, but I'm not a Desmet. big, I'm not a big, um, what do you call it? It's not that big of a deal if you say Desmet or something else. Um, I, I, I'm a, I'm big on getting it right. It's Desmet and Xingyi. Xingyi. But we're talking about like proper names, so it's not like a milk. Eggs, um, I get know. you, but like I, I've taken a couple of courses with you in, in you know, learning a little bit of that Xingyi, uh-huh. and um, I'm all about form. Like I yesterday I did a, a soccer practice and. Um, and I was, you know, I'm trying to get the form down. So in that sense, I'm the same with like words and, and pronunciation, enunciation right. and all that. Um, I, I want to get it right. Well, so you let me know. The thing is, is uh, when it comes to some any discipline or art you're learning, you get it's good to be like that. But then eventually your uh, natural mind will take over and you just kind of... Uh, Make it your own. It's like when you start driving. My teacher says when you start driving a car, you're measuring every mirror, yeah. adjusting everything, and you're like cautious. Yeah. And now when you get behind the wheel, <laughs> you just get it go. You yeah. could be doing like other stuff even. Look at all these people that do other stuff while they drive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But anyway, um, I'm John, also known on the East Coast and around certain select circles, like in, in the music community as John Meat. But, you know, that's maybe, that's just with, hardcore kids circa late 90s with like, early um, 90s early 90s like photography and some some of the articles you've written yeah, and I, I used to do a fanzine it was my own self-published magazine and i did like a you know i did like six issues of that because i just wanted to bring these smaller bands at the time to the to like say hey i'm a fan of this check this out and back then it was pre-internet and blogging so you know you can go to a show with the band that at the band that was playing in the, in your in your magazine and you could maybe sell 10 or 12 of these things and uh it was good exposure for the band and then you know it was a way of you to give back something to the scene say hey i appreciate your band and uh a lot of it was like goofing around and like <laughs> i had some pretty stupid content and stuff that w- probably wouldn't fly in this uh politically correct or whatever conservative day like i used some choice words and such but uh you know it, it was fun. What's crazy about that comment is that it's um, in the politic, politically correct day and age that we live in right now, a lot of that um, like over analyzing or just like over exaggeration is coming from the left to a lot of it is. It's it's coming from both sides, I think, but I'm not really a political guy. But what I see is you got extreme left and extreme right, and it's keeping everybody kind of separate. Because those voices are the loudest. Yeah, That's I mean, the thing. some of the most influential people didn't have to shout. Yeah, that's true. Like, unfortunately, <laughs> some of those people were silenced early, but that's a whole nother discussion. Yeah. How long did you do that uh, zine? 
I did it from about 95 ish to about 2002. And then my hard drive crashed. And then I had the seventh one ready to go. I was pretty close to getting into Howard Stern's inner circle of whack packers and periphery people. Yeah. I heard you mention some names. I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that show back in the day. And then like six years ago, I just let my serious contract or just lapse. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's just, I found that I didn't want to spend the, what it was only like 12 bucks a month. I didn't want to spend <laughs> the money to, and then I was like, man, if I, it's almost like if you join a gym and don't go, you yeah. feel like a turd. It's only 10 bucks a month, but it still is 10 bucks. Dude. Well, no, it wasn't the money. It was just like, he was on vacation a lot, ah. but I still have that love of the golden age of like the OJ trial days. Uh, Cause he was like that. I, I use that as a time marker around that time. That dude was on fire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like he was just, and you know, I didn't really, I don't really agree with his, what he would say about women because like I was raised by my mom, single mom, but at the same time, his, the weirdos and the circus freaks that would come on there yeah. and the comedy bits and the prank calls are kind of what drew me. <laughs> Cause I mean, I came from, I come from New Jersey and I remember when the jerky boys cassette was being yeah. dubbed in mm-hmm. my circle of friends and we got a hold of that we just laugh our asses off for like three hours playing it <laughs> over and over it's back in the day where you know you just kept playing cassettes till they pop and mm-hmm. die out and it's not as hot there so it didn't like melt but uh <laughs> yeah so came from jersey uh old skateboarder too so skateboarding and punk rock, punk rock back then or alternative music was kind of like just all meshed together it goes hand in hand yeah, it was like back in the day when you could see the Red Hot Chili Peppers were in Thrasher magazine. Mm-hmm. Now they're like beyond that. They're like Rolling Stone. They're huge. Yeah, they're they're enormous. Like, you know, all the alternative bands back then were still like ready to break. Mm-hmm. So uh, showing my age a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so. Well, that the uh, the martial arts keep you young though. Marsh, that's what they say. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I've been doing martial arts for, uh, in my adult life for 10, 10 years. And before that I did it for seven months as like a teenager. And I, I don't know. I don't know if it's keeping, I, I guess it's keeping, it's doing something. Yeah. It, it might be helping the quality of my life. It has to, but it's also bringing out or like as that, as it's doing that, I'm having challenges in which. Uh, my teacher would say, without going into detail, you're your own dragon or the biggest dragon you'll ever meet is yourself. And I'm like, that's so true. Yeah, it is. Because uh, a lot of the so-called problems I have, I, I look at it. Self-inflicted? And, yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not the it's not the thing. It's how, I, how am I reacting to the thing? Yeah. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, it's like, it doesn't... I've been through some really, really stressful stuff and remained calm. And yet a computer or phone will glitch and I will lose my shit. Well, the issue is that we're so used to like them working and we rely on them so much that when the technology fails us, it's like an eternity. And oh. um, in our line of work, you have another person staring back at you in the face and saying like, hurry up. Oh, well, it, it could it could be my car's touchscreen on the you know, the blue, it could be anything. I think, I think what it is, is just, um, in other words, I can, I've done, I've dealt with stressful situations or like traumatic things. However, 
I mean, let, let's put it in perspective. I'm not living in the Middle East and having missiles rain down on my head. I haven't yeah. seen like my family executed. I haven't been in an internment camp or anything like that. But I'm saying I've had some sketchy situations in life. But when something stupid happens, like in perspective, it'll just flip flip my switch sometimes. And the, the martial arts has helped. But at the same time, I'm thinking, man... <laughs> I have to really choose my, I'm, I'm getting older. I better choose my battles a little more carefully because in my twenties, I was a real hothead. So yeah. And even in my thirties and uh, now I'm just, I don't want to, I don't want to be known like that from the people that know me. And quite, I know quite a few people, like I got a lot of acquaintances over around the country and such. Mm-hmm. And I got like maybe 10 really close, close friends. Like ones that, you know, I can say, come to my house at midnight with a gun and they'll be there. Oh, shit. So, I don't, I don't mean, and, and we're not show. violent people. I'm just saying, people you could trust your life with or your, your inner inner circle. Gotcha. So, figure of speech. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, I don't want my legacy to be, that was that maniac, long-haired dude from Jersey that oh, <laughs> was, yeah, yeah. Was, a, was a lunatic. Because, I mean, that's what I grew up. I grew up like that. We were, we were a bunch of crazy kids. We, we were jackass before jackass got on mtv <laughs> well yeah jackass kind of stemmed from that punk rock like i don't give a fuck you know like i knew a bunch of kids that did that before they just put it on they just got it on the air quicker we were doing yeah. we were doing that stupid stuff they just had a bigger budget and yeah you know they like gorilla suits and <laughs> like fireworks theatrical yeah they they theatrical. had they had a budget because mtv like they, they had a hit on their hands and they're like oh well we're gonna just keep seeing how long we can milk this till somebody dies. <laughs> well, they had some crazy dudes. I mean, Knoxville and fucking Steve-O. Fuck, dude. Like, Steve-O, a maniac, dude. Well, even even they're starting to, like, you know, that was already, like, over 20 years ago, if you can imagine that. It is, right? Yeah, something like that. Shit. There, near, 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 Yeah, the that's, intro. That's the Minutemen. Was it Minutemen? The Minutemen. They're on SST Records. What was the other? Oh, Bam Margera's was um his band's Camp Kill Yourself or his brother's band's Camp Kill Yourself. No, there was another name that did the uh, the theme song. Fuck, I'm drawing a, I'm drawing a blank. So I remember Turbo Negro did uh, Steve O and um what was the other guy's name? Uh, Wild oh, Boys. Pontius. Theme. Yeah, Chris Pontius. Um, but fuck, I'm drawing I'm drawing a blank on the other the other band. But um, I I, I know of Turbo Negro, but they're. They're one of those bands where I listened to them when I was, you know, screen printing, listening to a lot of CDs. I just didn't get it. I was like, yeah, they're okay. They they play well, but like I I didn't get it. Maybe it's a live thing, or maybe it's just I was. I would totally say it's a live thing because I mean that pizza. If you've if, if that pizza, Jesus, that that song is about pizza. It's about the pizza Italian making food. song. It well that that the theme song to Wild Boys is about pizza and oh, calzones. Okay. Like it's just it doesn't make any sense. You know I don't know any of Turbo Negro stuff, but I I read their <laughs> lyrics and I think I know the one you're talking about. But yeah, they've they had a huge. I remember in the early 2000s they were huge, and I was like, I don't get it, man. There's a couple of bands you just don't get. Yeah, I didn't. I just didn't get it. And uh, you don't have to. I you was more a purist, you know. I like the SST, like Black Flag type stuff and mm-hmm. Circle Jerks. And um, I find it hard to discover new music, but I got Spotify now, so that's good. Yeah, it ma- they make it easy to an extent, for sure. I, ju- I just got Spotify like two weeks ago because I was trying to get the podcast up on there. And yeah. um, I was trying to avoid it, avoid it, avoid it, because, you know, they don't pay the artists that much. Yeah. And um, 
but I found myself on there for 30 minutes just selecting artists that I liked because you select one artist and then like six other ones pop down. It's like, oh yeah, well, I like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, they'll give you suggestions. And then, you know, I just, I, 30 minutes gone and I hadn't even listened to a song. I was just picking out what artists I like to listen to. Oh yeah, totally. And I think I've listened to maybe five minutes worth of, of the I, actual music. I, I I usually just throw a record on while I cook. Yeah, there you go. Well, I, you know, I'm not that or something. that old school. I do have the old iPod. You know, the one I play at work. The one that has so, like 14 gigs or over four. Uh, like no, no, the, it's 120 gigs. 100, that's what I meant to say. Yeah, the 128 yeah. one. The one's like ridiculous. Fits like a lot of music. Yeah. So I'm 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 still buying songs on iTunes. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Because <laughs> I, I don't. What if I never have? I, what if I don't have a wireless connection? Right. What if I don't have an internet connection? I have all ten thousand songs on my iPod. It's um, it's good if you're a music fan to have access to music. If uh, and it's good to always like learn new stuff. It's just I'm coming out of a like a dormant phase where I didn't check much of anything else out. So. I, I feel you on that. Well, the good stuff is hard to find. It is. Because yeah. um, people complain about there's no good music out there or this 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 and that. But it's out there. It's just you have to comb for it. And people look back and it's like, well, music was just so much better back in the day. And it's like, no, there was still some garbage acts. It's just that the good stuff stuck around and that's what you remember. Like, there right. is still plenty of garbage out there. Well, there, there's there's a lot of good stuff out there, but it depends what you like. And like, I like so many different genres, so I'm never really pigeonholed. And like after, you know, being at work and hearing all the metal being played poorly, it's kind of turned me off from metal. And I started out as a, I got into like, I, I was raised on like pop top 40, but at that time it was like Hall and Oates and like the pop, mm -hmm. it was good songwriting top 40. And then I got into like my mom and people around me like classic rock and a couple like and I was watching a lot of MTV so I got into new wave but what when I got into um I, I was I was a paperboy I was like 14 I was getting into hair metal and glam metal but then when I discovered the Misfits and Metallica around 87 or 88 ish that was like the gateway to the whole punk thing and I had like one or two friends it was the one or two cool guys in school that liked stuff yeah. that wasn't mainstream like we we started trading tapes and stuff, and that was the beginning of everything. Cause I started skateboarding. That's when the world kind of opened up. And then looking back, I kind of was like, I was an asshole. I was reacting to like society or the world, and we were, we were like, we weren't as we weren't like really like bad hoodlums, but we weren't upstanding kids either. Mm -hmm. Like if I looked at me at fifteen, I would have wanted to slap me around. I think most everybody would slap their 15-year-old self around. Yeah, for we sure. were pretty stupid, but it, we, we had fun. I mean, I, I think some of the funnest, ridiculous things we did was maybe I was 15 to 25. I was fearless. I didn't, I didn't, know, what, I didn't know what it was like to be injured or uh, <laughs> it didn't hurt to fall down. When did you start skateboarding, though? I would say around 14 or 15. Yeah, because I have always been terrified of skateboarding. Every time I've jumped on a skateboard, I've just never taken the time to really learn it, and I've always fallen on my ass. So, like, I... I see somebody skateboarding, I'm like, dude, hats off to you, dude. I've, I've slowed down a lot just because, like, I do so many other things with my hands, as you know, like martial arts. I went to school for fine arts, and uh, that's on hiatus. But I play guitar, and, you know, it wasn't until recently that I've, I'd say the last five to ten years I've been more into playing music myself instead of just going to shows and documenting things. 
I was big on just going to shows, taking pictures of the band, and then doing the fanzine. So, I mean, I've had my hands in, like, a lot of different things. So, um, but the hands are important. If I broke my arm or hands, that would be a problem. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> to say the I least. don't live in fear, but I also, I'm not hucking myself down set seven stairs to do a handrail anymore. Just because, like, I'll, I'll really, I'll get fucked up really bad. <laughs> I just know it because, you know a lot of the people that pull off what they can do, it's either level of experience years and years, or they're just insanely talented and they're younger and they just, the body just rebounds. It's resilient, you know? Yeah. And I just don't have that anymore. I mean, I know all these mm -hmm. tricks to try to, you know, make it feel better, but, or like put a, put a bandage on, on a bigger wound. But the bottom line is like the joints, the bones and the, just the, the anatomy just as it ages, you're, you know, it You're on bar time. Yeah. It doesn't keep up, and you have to take extra precaution on resting up and recovering. Whereas people are just like, well, we got to go, 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 go. And it's I mean, like, dude. I, I know dudes in their 40s, 50s. I don't know if there's many 60s and 70s, but they're ripping and they're still doing crazy, crazy stuff. I mean, I know Tony Hawk, he's had like 18 different knee surgeries. <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. Uh, I don't want to have to be in a walker. Uh, but, you know, the same token, I was never as talented as some of the friends I knew that were really good. Um, I knew some pretty, I I rubbed elbows with some pretty impressive skateboarders, and uh, that's not me. I just do it strictly for the soulfulness and the fun. And so, yeah. That's There's nothing wrong with that, man. You know, you don't have to perfect every single thing you do. You don't have to, like, become you know, monetize something like you can just do something just because you enjoy doing it, you know? Oh, sure. Like, I think that's a strange way we look at like success or, or meaningfulness in, in a venture. And it's just like, well, you know, how famous are you in that? Or how much money are you making in that? And it's like, can I just do it just because I enjoy doing it? Um, so I, I do think that that's something that people kind of pigeonhole themselves into as, not for not trying something just because they're like, well, I'm going to waste money or I'm going to do that. It's like, no, it's not, you're not wasting money if you're enjoying it, if you're getting some sort of pleasure. Um, cause at the end of the day, you're going to gain knowledge from sure. whatever venture you or choose you're to just take. We're just going to have a blast. I mean, like snowboarding is expensive, but people that do that, they get hooked. I fucking love snowboarding. dude. So I've never been able to skateboard, but snowboarding, dude, I, I went in high school, um, for, we did a ski trip and, we went during the day and I couldn't get it, dude. Spent the whole day on my ass. And then they were like, let's come back for night skiing. And I'm like, fuck, I can't even do it during the day. I'm not even going to try to do it at night. But enough people came and I'm like, okay, let's do it. And I went and then all of a sudden it just fucking clicked. And I mean, I wasn't speeding down. I wasn't doing like the whole cutting back and forth like you would normally would. I was still just like seesawing to an mm -hmm. extent, but I wasn't on my ass. Like I made it down the mountain without falling once the first time. And I was just like, holy shit, it clicked. And then the next day we went snowboarding. It was totally fun. I was keeping up with people that had done it for years. And then like the next day we had to leave and I was just like, dude, I can't wait till next year. I can't wait till next year. And I went like five years straight. Um, but I've yet, I haven't gone since, um, since having kids, of course, <laughs> you're tied up, well, but soon I'll take them on the bunny hill. Yeah. I haven't, I have no children that I know about. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> they're all out East, man. No, I don't think so. That's, oh, the yeah. thing is, is I, that about kids is like, I think the reason I've been able to pursue so many different things and be immature and stay young is because I'm my own kid. Yeah. 
Um, Hell yeah. You could see by the layout here, there's a lot of stuff. It's it's kind of matured a bit, but before there was like TIE fighters and shit all over the place. And yeah, that doesn't go over well with significant others sometimes. <laughs> it and doesn't. I agree. I don't want my house to look like a mini Disneyland. I mm-hmm. want it to look like a house, but. And I can't believe I'm saying that's disappointing. My 25 year old self would be ashamed. But, <laughs> get 25 year old, <laughs> like, kick your old ass so, up. Sold, sold out, sold out, motherfucker. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it it is what it is, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you you go through phases, and you got to realize, you know, there's there's certain things that suit you more in this, you know, mind state of mind that you're in now. You know. Well, the thing is, is like, I. If I if I had like if I could retire right now, I would still have a lifetime of work I could do like in either music, martial arts, or fine art. I'm never gonna you're never gonna hear me say I'm bored. I can always find something to do, even if it's something that somebody might consider utterly ridiculous. Like I'll watch like ridiculous stuff on YouTube or whatever, <laughs> but like I'll never be bored. There's always something to do as long as I have my health. Yeah. You know, as, as long as I'm not like bedridden or terminally ill, I'll always have a something to do, that I'm doing. And that's, I've kept busy. Yeah. And I think that maybe having a closing retail schedule the last 10 or 15 years and staying that busy kind of burned me out. It can. And being, I was a vegetarian. I am vegetarian. Well, not very strict, but I think I depleted my B12. And like this year, I just finally, my body said, you know, you better slow down. You're going to get fucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to supplement for sure. Yeah. I mean, well, I've been, I started eating some animal proteins, mm-hmm. but I didn't go full on like steak or keto or anything, but like, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's just, you get older, you get wiser and it sounds boring. And, you know, <laughs> kiss says if it's too loud, then you're too old. Well, you know, there's something to be said about silence. Sometimes it has its place. <laughs> well, people get scared. They get scared to be in their own thoughts, man. You you have to um, you you have to have your 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 face, your nose down in your phone, consuming something. Um, you can't just have a second to just be like, wow, well, let me just kind of look around and take this in, and then how do I feel about this, or how is this making me feel? And feel, 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 feel. You don't want to feel because the weight of everything you've been putting off is just waiting to take you over. And if you don't acknowledge it and take the time to assess all that, it'll fucking eat you up for sure. Yeah. I think with, with phones these days too, is so people are so dependent on it. And, uh, I hate my phone to, but to me it's, it's a tool. I, it, it's a tool. It's something like a hammer. It could be something like, like a computer. It's just taking the place of the computer, and it's a lot of all-in-one technology. But it's really dumbing people down, man. People have lost the ability, f- critical thinking and reasoning. And um, you know, I'm guilty of it somewhat, but at, For the, sure. at the same time, I went to this off-the-grid thing last week I was telling you about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was great to disconnect and not have a phone for two days. I mean, yeah, I wanted to check in with it, but that's just because what I'm used to. I'm yep. just conditioning. And I don't know. I don't want to get into like crazy, crazy stuff, but I have my theories that the, the, the cell phones, they could be used, they are being used against us because imagine you build up this need or this desire to have it and then all of a sudden it's taken away. Yeah. People, there's um, some people freak out, you know? I don't necessarily think it's so as, um, 
malevolent as them to just you know use it like you said like against us it the fact is that they want us using it as much as possible so they can sell us and learn about us as much as possible sure um there's a reason why all the programmers slash you know inventors of certain technology or social media sites don't allow their own children to use the very things that they created as they intend the general public to use um well this is because they know how it's being used yeah well i don't used but i think you're 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 drawing too much of like um like a pretense to it as far as like it's 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 evil and i'm 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 coming at it from like it's not necessarily evil, but what it's doing is definitely negative. Well, it's it might be like a neutral thing, like a tool, but at the same time, there are people that don't even, they're not even aware, as you can see. They're, you know, yeah. they're going down the highway, going 70 miles an hour, talking on the phone, mm-hmm. or texting, and like, you know, you got to, that's pretty fast with, <laughs> yeah, and it's pretty you, fast. You hit texting s- and going 15 miles an hour is too fast. If you Shit. hit something, your asshole's gonna be going through your front teeth. <laughs> and you know, I don't know. Gotta sound like an old man, so there I'll, you just, go. I'll just leave it there. Let it out. I'll just leave it there because <laughs> you know I I texted it while I was driving too, but. I just listen. Who hasn't? We're all gonna talk about like you shouldn't do it, but everybody has done I it. I do it, but and to an extent, we continue to do it because we've gotten away with it. That's all it is: is we've gotten away with it, and we know we shouldn't do it. Um, I definitely try not to. I use a lot more voice to text now. Um, so fuck, you know, the spelling or you know the wrong word was the wrong spelling of the word or whatever was used. I'm using talk to text, so I'm not like, you know, distracted to another degree. I do that too, but it ends up with sometimes very, <laughs> I get misunderstood and that's one of my triggers. Yeah. And I'm misunderstood. I just, uh, everything goes to shit because like, man, that's not what and, I And you're to talking say. to me, you're talking to me. If you notice my messages um, to you are, I try to use proper uh, grammar and, um, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Punctuation. Gotcha. So I'll try to use commas and question marks and periods and quotes. Like I try to, I try to reply or text as proper as possible. And I'm, I'm no fucking literary, you know, genius or, or you know, I, I took one class. I took, I think I took first, first year of college English, and that was about it. But. You know, I, I'm trying not to lose that because it's so easy just to go shorthand and every now and then I'll do it, you know, just when it sounds funny. But for the most part, you know, you can go through my texts and see, you know, I, I use commas and periods and, and capital letters. Like I, I want you to know what I'm trying to, the point I'm trying to get across without like, well, did he mean this? Did he mean this? Oh, what totally. Most people aren't don't even give you that these days <laughs> so you, you're, you're way ahead of the bell curve <laughs> <laughs> i try to again i get back to the form it's all about the form get the form down and then you can worry about you know getting faster better or more proficient with well, that that's the thing for me i've seen that I've, I've done that in various disciplines, so I totally get it. You, you learn, you learn how to do it the right way and then you go, 
Captain Kirk or Neo, and then you break the rules. <laughs> or you develop your own thing or your own way and method, and that's that's like the stage of development from student to intermediate to advanced or teacher or I don't like to use the word master. That's my teacher's teacher wouldn't wouldn't use that. He didn't want to be called that. Other people called him that, but he didn't like that. He was humble. Yeah. It's a shame he didn't toot his own horn because he'd be a little more well known. But he, he is respected even though he's he's passed on since ninety six. And uh yeah, you when you learn that's that's just you know, any teachers out there will tell you that's what you do. You you start you know, maybe you have no point of reference and then you just get the motions down or the form, the proper way of doing it. And then once you start getting going, you know, it's like watching your hair grow two years time. You don't remember it being short. Yeah. Or you can't, unless you're taking pictures and documenting, you don't even, you don't even see the growth of things, you know, like with music or anything, whatever, insert whatever thing it is you do. So yeah, it's, it's, it's about the journey, man. It is about the journey. Yeah. It's not about the end goal. And, and people get fixated on, on goals. And it's good to have goals. Yes. Because that'll get you, um, I don't know, I guess it'll make the journey easier. But you have to fall in love with the method, the, the work, the hard work, the journey itself. Because when you get to the said goal and you start to look around and it's like, well, this is what I was working for the past two, three, five, ten years, now what? And you have to pay more attention to the little parts that went into the big goal in itself to maintain your momentum. Cause we're all just a we're all just what's the word I'm looking for? A a gathering, I can't think of a better Collective. word, but a, a, yeah, collection of our momentum, you know, like when you're having a bad day, it's just like it's compounding and compounding, compounding. And then at the end of the day, if something, the littlest thing, you know, just goes wrong or it's just irritating you, boom, you blow up. And it's just like, well, that, that little thing really pissed you off. And it's like, well, no, no, it was all this other stuff. And then that was the straw that broke the camel's back. So we're just momentum. We're just riding on momentum. So if you can get it, you know, steered in the correct direction, then you're better off or better. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm so bad with words right now, but like um, you're better like strapped to deal with equipped, equipped. That's the word I was looking for. Equipped. Well, it's like in uh, my teacher says, uh, my teacher Tom, he says, um, whatever you do, stay in your center, and you'll hear that in yoga. And mm -hmm. you could you could apply that to almost. I think it's the zone where yeah. the thinking mind turns off, and then your natural mind, which is the one you're born with as a baby, takes over. So my challenge is to stay in my center, regardless of what's going on. And if you have a bad day with a chain of events that you know it's raining shit on your head. It's really hard to recenter. Taco Bell shit. Yeah. Or if my challenge was I didn't get a good night's sleep, so I'm already at a disadvantage. Yep. That's still no excuse to go out and be a dick. However, I can see how like there's certain breaking points oh, for, for some sure. people. And it's all relative to the person, what what pisses you off and but like if you can stay in your center, like luckily 
most times things are starting to chill out for me. I can stay in my center. You stay in your center and then you relate to everything around you instead of, um, instead of focus. My teacher is a big on, he has these, uh, phrases that are gold. He says, uh, if you focus on one thing, that's all you'll see. If you focus on nothing, you see everything. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like when you're in your center, you relate to nature and everything around you. Yeah. And you could, it, you could be doing yoga. You could be doing martial arts. You could be doing whatever it is that you do. Um, musicians probably can attest to that, especially when they just play in something and they're on stage and, you know, they're not thinking about it because they're rehearsed. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Uh, tunnel vision. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'd call it tunnel vision. When I think of tunnel vision, I think of somebody sees something a certain way and they won't see outside the tunnel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because uh, there's a guy I read named Robert Anton Wilson. He deals with uh, reality tunnels. And he says a lot of people are living in these tunnels of sight and anything yeah. outside of that they can't see. And if a little light breaks through to that, it could be terrifying or they could be threatened. Yep. Puts you into fight or flight. His guy, that guy's great. I highly recommend him. His name's Rob, Raw is his initials, Robert Anton Wilson. He, he had a fiction book. I bought it from Bookman's and I was, I, I couldn't even get through it. But his, his theory and his nonfiction was just really, really insightful. Uh, I really liked his stuff. I'm a big Joseph Campbell, Robert Anton Wilson fan. If you haven't checked out Joseph Campbell, mm-hmm. that guy knows some really cool stuff. He's basically an expert on religion, but doesn't subscribe to any religion. Okay. And um, he did a thing on uh, PBS called The Power of Myth. I think they have it on Netflix right now. I oh, highly, man. highly recommend it. I feel like I, I've heard of that. Bill Moyers was the host. And like everything Bill Moyers asked him, Campbell comes back with this brilliant yeah. insight. And because the guy's just, he's lived life through experience and his, not just his eyes, experience and connection to these myths and he draws the myths and the religions from all over the world it's not just you know he can relate to he calls them you know he talks about the buddha he talks about native culture he talks about asian everybody around the world and he he attributes a lot of the problems our modern society has because we don't have these modern heroes and myths and if you look around i'm sorry but like and not to diss Marvel, I know people. That's not, that's not the essence of a myth. That's more of a action story. Yeah. Behind it, though, like the original, like Thor, there is a myth because that's Norse mm-hmm. mythology, mm-hmm. or like, um, but like Spider Man, that's not. Oh no. Yeah. Epic. That's pure entertainment. Yes. Uh, so like Joseph Campbell, he's he is the man. I think he's passed on, and um. He was, they did an interview at Skywalker Ranch. They're, he, he's a, he was an advisor to George Lucas on A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. And that's probably one of the many reasons why those were so rich. Yeah. Because of Joseph Campbell and uh, the guy that produced Empire, I think it was Lawrence Kasdan. But anyway, I'm not, I'm, I'm like one step away from uh, convention and speaking putties, but <laughs> yeah, Joseph Campbell's the man, dude. I think you'd, you'd like, uh, to read them and Robert Anton Wilson, you got to find that him on Amazon or like randomly at bookstores. I still can't find a couple of his. I think the one I read was Cosmic Trigger. Okay, that one was really really rad because I heard you. I heard uh one of your previous podcasts. You mentioned Ram Dass. Be here now. 
I think I started that on books on tape, but I never finished. That's another good one. There's all these books. If you're if you're looking for something, whatever it might be, you might find something in there that's like yeah. that you could take away from it. You could apply it to almost anything. Um, I don't know what you call those types of books because they're not self help. They're not religion. It's not really spiritual. I guess it'd be more like metaphysical. Fi- uh, what do you call it? Philosophy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the I can label it that for sure. It's it's not like hidden knowledge, but it's it's just you know. No, well that's the thing about like like though like that whole realm. It's it's not something that's gonna that you haven't heard before. But I think it's the way it's presented to you is the difference maker, because you can hear the same shit the the shit you're supposed to be hearing the whole time. But if it's not delivered to you in the way that it's gonna connect with you, then it doesn't mean shit to you. Um, and that's what I've learned. I, I, I was listening to some podcasts. Uh, I think it was on it, uh, human optimization hour or something like that. But one of the guys was just talking about his, um, his delivery. And it's like, you have to deliver to your audience because I'm a big proponent or not a proponent, but like, I always view things and it's like, well, I would look at it this way and I would look at it this way and this is how I see it. So this is how I'm presenting it. And I had to just realize that everybody does not think like me. And so I have to take that into consideration when giving this information. So, you know, a lot of there's some really, really groundbreaking philosophical quotes or statements and whatnot. But a lot of it is just shit that we deep down inside know, but it's hard to, you know, connect with. Yeah, there's uh, it's about connecting with your audience, too, if you're delivering something. But I think in these times that... um, there has to be um, both male and female people to kind of hold up the torch and kind of show, sh- lead the way because uh, I think culturally these are kind of somewhat dark times. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's information overkill, but <laughs> as far as connecting with like stuff that really. I'll say I'll use the word resonate stuff that resonates. That's not always everyday stuff. And I think I'm, I'm just lucky that I found stuff that resonated with me. Cause when I was 15, I, aside from skateboarding, I wasn't looking, I, I was looking for stuff. I didn't even know what I was looking for, but I, <laughs> I found it through skateboarding. And but you were looking, that's the key. I was looking, but it, I don't even think stuff started to sink into like a year ago. And it's still, <laughs> and then I, once you get this level of knowledge, you, you realize it's like uh, when you get your black belt, that's the beginning. It's not like you hit your black belt and you stop training. Nope. That's the beginning. And so like, I found out, man, I really don't know shit after all these years. <laughs> well, I, that's the I thing. know something. Gain knowledge and you realize how little you know. You know, the more you learn, you realize there's, there's so much other shit you have to still learn. And that's why it's like just an endless loop. And it's silly for people to think that they have all the answers or that they know the right way. You don't. Well, if we you're don't. if you're an egomaniac or a narcissist, then you think you do. Yeah, but that, there's I, plenty of them out there. I don't want to live in that world because the I don't have time for that. I you know, I just don't. I don't have time for that because like that easily could have been me, because you know I was only child, and um, I think starting out I had a, a I hope I nobody ever. If, I mean, it might be a lot of things. I hope never nobody ever sees me as entitled or you know because I could have gone that route. 
Yeah. I I was I didn't come from I came from somewhat humble beginnings, but I at the same time I never went didn't know what it was like to starve either. But uh, if there there are people out there like that that you know they think they know everything, and you know they're just blowhards. I found a lot of that in art school, mm-hmm. uh, where they would they didn't know everything, but they were some of the faculty was raised they were resting on their laurels from the 80s and you know it's like i paid a lot of money to to learn how to make <laughs> pictures man it's depressing <laughs> had i not i luckily i loved it and i met a lot of cool people i met a mentor my friend dennis he's he pretty much was an eye opener in fact i i owe knowing joseph campbell and certain artistic and aesthetic things and books and authors and stuff to him and he's also a consummate musician printmaker photographer i didn't really have a strong male figure growing up so he was one of them like in my 20s he was like an alum and he was using the printmaking facilities that guy really like opened my eyes and you know he's a he's a great guy unfortunately he's in staten island and i'm here but we we stay in touch and yeah i was gonna i was gonna say he's out east i I got a lot of people out east like New York City area. When's the last time you were out there? I was out there around New Year's uh, twenty eighteen because you know my, my mother passed on, so I was right. I was out there. That was the last time I've been back, but I still got all the punker and skateboarders and hardcore kids and uh, friends and family that's left. They're they're out there and you know good pizza in the beach. So <laughs> the pizza is it the water? Is that what it is? I think it's the water. Um, I can say this about Manhattan. Supposedly it's on a layer of bedrock, and so the water comes beneath that layer of bedrock. So the river's all messed up, but the, the water supply is good, and it, some of it also comes from upstate, which is, I don't know how clean that is these days, but there's something about the water quality in the tri-state area there that yeah. makes good bread, pizza, and bagels. Um, I don't think the people in Italy are eating pizza like Neapolitan or Sicilian <laughs> pizza like they do but still well, i've heard that the dough or the uh the wheat that they use is different it's it's referred to as heirloom wheat and it's um it it's could, not it, as like engineered as ours is it could be but um sometimes if you just have the good water and good ingredients you can get by on genetically modified wheat but um if it's heirloom if it's referring to heirloom like my fiance, she's into heirloom seeds. She, those uh-huh. are basically seeds that you you plant them and then they regenerate. So it, it could be. I don't know. I always wanted to get a job in a pizzeria because I worked next to a screen printing dryer and that was hot. I figured <laughs> pizza oven, not much difference. You're going to die either way. Then you go into gas blowing, then you go into like steel work. And then next thing you know, you're like, I don't know, working in a volcano. You just getting hotter and hotter. I kind of wish I did more trades. And I don't know if I'd go as far as walking, working in a volcano, but uh, (laughs) um, I wish I took more trades because that's, I think that's where, where it's going because those people are in demand. Mm -hmm, Whereas mm -hmm. all these people with their masters are like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with the, I mean, there, there are exceptions to every rule. Of course. Because I know a lot of people that got their masters and they're, they're doing something with it. But at the same time, I wasn't going to spend $75,000 on a, a master's in fine arts so I could, <laughs> so I could make prints. I mean, the, it would have been two more years of being able to do what I love un, uninterrupted, but 
some of the stuff I did was it's like a dying art form. So it's like the trick is to find a place that already has it and just do it there. You know, it's otherwise, yeah. I think we talked about this before. You've got to have like, if you start getting into certain things that require a lot of materials and necessities, if you're not using them all the time or making money with them, you got to be wealthy, you know? Yeah. And that's not reality. So uh, going into art was definitely a, a, a reality check once you graduated and had to pay the student loans back. And <laughs> I did it, man. I paid them. I, I went right into screen printing shirts. My friend Jeff had a, had a shop. It was just starting up and he moved to another place. And that was a, that was a great job. And I got to put some of the, the degree to work. Uh, all I did was print though. I didn't do the other processes much, but that was, that was a blast. Cause we did some really funny stuff. Yeah. We did wife beater shirts that said wife beater across the belly and they're <laughs> in old English of also, I mean, we did, we did some really crazy jobs that made us laugh. So, yeah. And he was always bringing in CDs. So, I, and I worked with other, he's a hardcore kid. So we, we knew each other before that. So it was more like there was a job to be done, but, at the same time, we, we laugh our asses off when we could. And so, yeah, paid, that's good. I paid my debts. <laughs> that's good. So you all done then right now? Oh, I paid those off long ago. Damn. That's, I've been, that's I've been impressive. out of, I've been out of school since 98. So <laughs> okay. I would hope so. <laughs> and even working in like the retail jobs, I've worked for like all the retailers. I still, I was like obsessed with paying everything off and just being in debt to somebody else. It's it was more of like, give, I'm working so hard, I can't get ahead. Why am I going to give this person interest? Yeah. I mean, now some people's reality is such that they have no choice because debt is like that. Once you get in, you know, you're screwed sometimes when you get past that point. But I was lucky. I only had student loan and car payment. And like, I didn't have, I didn't, I never, I think I, what, what saved me is I had my associates from community college and then I got, by the time I got my bachelor's, I was able to do that in two years instead of four, three or four, because mm. that would have financially been a whole nother reality. Yeah, and doubled up. I chose art, knowing that I'm probably going to end up waiting tables or retail or something. <laughs> so I don't have any regrets. So. Yeah, but you enjoyed it, and I, I, you know, looking around, we are we are recording in your uh, your home here, and and there's you know tons of art and instruments of all sorts laying around, and. Um, I see that they get their use. Yeah, somewhat. They're, it's slowed <laughs> down since the band. The band used to practice here, but ah. that that kind of slowed down. But uh, yeah, it's it's a blast. I can tell you, like, uh, I'm I've met so many people due to either fine art, skateboarding, or some type of facet of music. Well, and and interesting people, because oh, do you know people that get into those ventures? I know some people that are kind of kind of big deal, but then I. Or, or like two or three degrees of separation. But I know some people that aren't really well-known that are such fucking characters that every chance I get, I will commune with these people. Yeah. Because they're fucking hilarious. <laughs> and I tell you, I mean, some of them have, I call them niche. They're like in a niche. Like only a couple hundred or thousand people care about what it is they do, but what they do, they're like experts in that niche, so... It's been a really, I'm, I'm, I'm blessed and I have, I'm very grateful to have crossed paths with these people. Some of them I've known 20 and 30 years and it's like, you don't see them and then you see them again and it's like, you pick up right where you left off. That's, that's one of the cool things mm -hmm. about getting old. 
The other side of the coin is a lot of people in the last five years have started to pass on, but that's, that's life. Yeah. That sucks, but it is what it is. Um, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I can, I can do the internal arts like 24 seven. If it's, it's my time, it's my time. Yeah. You know? Well, all you can hope for is that you left behind a, uh, uh, a legacy not necessarily like again fame base or anything like that but just the people that you were around you know you you cre- you, you had an impact on them I, and I, so they, they can carry you on i think that's my goal because i lost both my parents and i think losing both of those parents put things into perspective after all the grief and depression which is still ongoing i started to think about my own mortality like well mm. shit what have i left behind at least I have achieved some things, and if I can keep going, I will achieve more. And basically, the main goal is probably to spread the the shingi. Yeah, the sp- spread the shingi, and if I can get a band to carve out their little niche, great. I'm realistic. I'm f- I'm 45. I'm probably not going to get into a paddle van with a bunch of sweaty dudes and take <laughs> over America, like Nirvana or Black Flag or whoever. Whoever started as a garage band and just blew up. I mean, it might happen, but I'm saying I'm realistic. If it doesn't happen, fine. I played a couple gigs. Um, I'm jamming with somebody right now. So the best, I mean, I've already musically accomplished half the goal. The next thing is to work on songs and maybe like record something because we didn't really record much of anything before. And uh, that's part of like, you know, not knowing how to record something that doesn't sound like a total piece of crap (laughs) do you uh write lyrics or are you just mainly instrumentals i got lyrics and i've got instrumentals but merging them i i like i'm a bit of a perfectionist i only have like two completed songs and like i've got fragments and the goal was to get other people that could kind of help collaborate yeah and just to get the ball rolling because i'm not like a songwriter okay Uh, i'm not a strong songwriter i'm more of like i play by feel I, i would be a good rhythm guy or guy to fill in the blanks for but i don't want to join an existing band like i have my own niches inside of niches it's it's it i kind of i kind of irritate myself (laughs) but that's the truth Uh, i irritate myself because it's like man why can't i just lock myself in my room and become a shredder yeah right i don't want to i don't want to be a shredder no disrespect to the shredder i don't think i could be a shredder but you know it's not your calling it's just you know I I have I like what I like. I've, you know, I'm not working a day in my life if I love it. So that's true. It's it's awesome. Um, yeah, man. It's it's been a it's been a trip. Trying to find musicians has been a trip. You just, especially in this valley, it's dominated by metal and people that want to do cover bands and. Um, yeah, cover with all the casinos, man. It's just cover bands, you know. Just in general, and, and a lot of the bars. I mean, they can just guarantee that. Well, if I book you and you're a cover band, I'm sure that, you know, whoever is here is going to tolerate it or, you know, enjoy it at the furthest extent. Yeah, I think maybe the, uh, just the digital and the internet age has kind of made people kind of lazy and complacent and they don't want to go see live music. That might be a thing. I'm not sure. Well, I, I you, can't be too hard because I'm the one that stays in a lot yeah, and doesn't yeah. go do it. Oh, yeah. You're a homebody. Sometimes. But it's, um, it's an investment. It's, 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 it is hard work to, you know, try to get into a new band or a new artist you know unless they're playing exactly the stuff that you're currently into and you can just like segue right into that it's 
it's an investment to try and okay let's see what these guys are about okay well you know i'm not a big fan of that song oh i really like that one okay oh i like the part this part about that song it's like yeah man you, you when you want to go out i think you know people do want to hear you know a lot of people want to hear what they already like and i mean there's 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 a good amount of people that will go out there and be like hey i just want to find new music you see somebody playing originals, new music, this and that. And you got to fucking appreciate those people, man, because they're the ones that keep it all alive. Otherwise, you know, why would people try to do anything new and different? And, you know, as much as I might not be into certain bands or whoever, it takes a lot of balls to get up there and do Fuck anything. Yeah. If anything. you can, if you can do that, like that, when I started doing that and started experiencing it from that end, I had a new respect for, people that were doing it because I was very critical in my fanzine and I would slam certain releases and I'd be like, you know, once I start a, once I actually do play a gig and I'm in a band, then maybe I could say at least I've done, done it. But before like, it was kind of unwarranted saying, Oh, well this isn't good or that wasn't good. I could always say why, like, I don't know. It's just, I guess being in, into so-called indie music or punk rock, you get a lot of those people. They like to critique and nitpick everything and they don't really yeah. like it's cool to not like something anymore after yeah. a week that's bullshit too because those, or, or selling out you sold out man oh yeah it's terrible to actually have people like your stuff i mean there's 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 there's, <laughs> there's different there's different levels too you play you you work so hard to, to get everybody to like oh i want to you know people to just enjoy my music and then you get so big that you're like fuck i'm too big you know <laughs> <laughs> Does it make sense? I don't know, man. I know that like fame or or royalties or money ruin quite a few people. So well, fame will fuck anybody up, dude. Because people forget that you know famous people are just like us. They they are insecure. They you know have their own problems, and you think that you know they have it all figured out because somehow you know they managed to get a little bit of fame and some money. And you're like, well, obviously you're winning in this, so you got it all figured out. And it's like, no, dude, we're no, all no. in the same fucking boat to, to, you know, the major extent. Basically, you could have a bunch of money and be miserable. So, I mean, and the, the people that are famous, if they have money, they, they just have a different resource. Like they, they might forget what it's like to go to the store and get a loaf of bread. But they still they're still human and they still like go through everything everybody else does. It, I think it depends on where you come from and do you remember where you come from? Because I'll never forget where I come from. I mean, I came from Trenton, New Jersey, and uh, you know, I came from like blue collar beginnings. But like I said, I never starved, so I wasn't like you know, I wasn't raised in some like fishing village and starved. Yeah. But at the same time, you know. There are some celebrities, they, they're not even living in the same reality. And then there's some who have either through empathy or they came from humble beginnings, they're still connected to like average Joes and Janes. It, yeah. it depends on you, who you, where you come from. Like um, a lot of the, and, and you got to understand, a lot of celebrities or people in the music business or whatever field, you got to understand, they're, somebody's painting, putting a spin on, something from them and that might not exactly be how things went down because mm -hmm. the media mm -hmm. just destroys people these days um hmm. almost don't I, I can i could okay I, i'm okay being anonymous i don't want to be famous and then have one internet rumor <laughs> destroy me 
or like, cause then everywhere you go, people have their stupid commentary or two yep. cents. I don't need that. Cause I get people stupid commentary and two cents without being famous. <laughs> so like, you know, well, who needs that? Yeah. I mean, people just need to like, kind of, I wish people would mind their own business sometimes. You can't though. They can't. Um, and I say we can't cause you, you're always trying to figure out, um, you know, does somebody else have it as hard as I do, you know? Cause then you feel a little bit better of maybe how hard you're, uh, you know, all your, the struggles you're going through and you're like, well, okay, I'm not that bad then. And, um, I think that, fuck, I don't want to make it political, but. <laughs> well, I mean, there's, there's a, there's another book that, uh, by Victor Frankl called Man's Search for Meaning. I think it's all relative because he, he was a concentration camp survivor. Fuck. So he says, um. He talks about even in those grimmest situations, they found a meaning in life. So it's all relative. Like there's Dude. always going to be, it, it's all in, like I said earlier, like how do you react to something? Like if you're always losing, not always, but if you're consistently losing your mind because of something stupid all the time, like lots of the time. I try not to deal in absolutes, but you know, <laughs> if you're, it's hard, it's all relative, you know, like there are people in the world that have it so much worse than like, say a lot of the average Americans, but everybody's still connected. So, I mean, I don't know. There's a certain, like when you, when you do go through something and you survive though, there's a certain knowing that like, you know, if I got through that, I'll get through yeah. there, those are, and that's kind of like what the, I think the pioneers and the early, the people mm -hmm. before the 1900s and before World War II went through. And nowadays, if you're in America and you're, you're in like, you know, you're not in an inner city war zone or, you know, you're not getting shot up. It, there's a lot of things taken for granted because, you know, it's everything. You got almost everything you need. If you, you know, a lot of people are working two and three jobs, but I mean, it's, yeah. it's not like, you know, we don't live in a war zone yet. So in Venezuela, as my conservative friends would say, um, no, that's, that's a great point. I hear that, a lot um, about that. Yeah. Well, that's a great point that, um, uh, Sebastian Younger makes. He's, he's, uh, he was a war zone journalist and, um, he's written a couple books, um, pertaining around the idea of, you know, a close knit, uh, community and how, you know, we're not supposed to live in these big cities the way we do. And we're supposed to have it fucking hard, dude. Like that brings us closer together. You go through a struggle. And if you go through that with somebody else, your bond becomes that much stronger. So like this guy, you know, he's not wealthy, but you know, he's well off and he like chooses to like live in like this, you know, little freaking apartment in New York where it's the other people around him are really struggling but he likes that community because it feels like they're, they're just closer versus, you know, everybody's goal is like, wow, I just want a really big house. I want a nice job. I want a white picket fence in the sub in the suburbs, you know, well off. And then you start doing some research on that and you start to see a trend in like the suicide rate and the prescription uh, medication abuse in those like areas and they're way escalated more than they should be when you're like, dude, you have a good job. You have a nice family. You're well off. But they don't have that struggle that brings the community together. 
um, kind of the idea behind um, how the world was right after 9-11. And like, it was a big fucking event that was traumatizing to us. And then you were forced to look at, you know, the good in people or look for it and, you know, just try to spread more love because of how bad that situation was. Oh, I, I could say from somebody who watched the sky. Where are you over there? I was in New Jersey screening a skateboard shirt with five airplanes on a fleece sweatshirt at the time. When what? The no, hold on, hold on, hold on. You were printing a shirt? I was printing a sweatshirt from this company called Rookie Skateboards, my friend Jeff Shop, and it was called The Friendly Skies, and it was five airplanes or so. Yeah. And it said RSNYC, Rookie Skateboards, New York City. <clears throat> while the pl first plane hit so that happened and like i don't know like i said I, I freak out over my phone not working but like world war three happened that day and i was really freaked out on the inside but i didn't outwardly project that and yeah. i went down he let us go home after the second plane and the towers collapsed Fuck. i went down to uh it was like we were in south river new jersey or sables right outside the city i went north up to the beach and i could see across from the Verrazano Narrows and the bay, I could see Manhattan burning. And uh, somebody lent me binoculars. It was like, I hung out there on the beach. I got sunburn. And uh, they lent me their binoculars, and I watched Building 7 fall through the binoculars. So I was actually 30 miles from it, and there was F-16s Damn. flying over my house. I was living in a second-floor house. I rented the second floor from an old lady. And there was no air conditioning at that time, but it was had a nice cross breeze. So the windows were open, and I'm freaking out because I could hear F-16s. There's no other commercial traffic going on that at all. It was crazy. Damn. And I just remember thinking, man, this is it. We're going to nuke someone because I, I didn't know. And, yeah, man, that was some crazy shit. It brought people together, but what a lot yeah. of people didn't know is there were people of brown skin getting pulled out of their cars, getting their yeah, ass kicked yeah, yeah. because... Yeah, that's true. Because New York is still New York. You have a certain, even though it's multicultural, you still have these pockets of racism. It's, I, I don't want to bad mouth. It's one of the, it was, was, is one of the best cities in the world. However, you still have your Archie Bunkers. You still have mm -hmm. your, uh, I don't know, is the King of Queens racist? Or whoever you got, you got like Archie Bunker was kind of a bigot, and he lived in Queens. You still got those people. You still got those bigots, and you still got people in the in the projects yeah. that you know. I wasn't luckily. I didn't have a problem in in New York City, like being a white dude. But in Trenton, New Jersey, I almost got got a couple beatings. And I managed to escape just for being white. So yeah, uh, it, it even though it, you were living in a multicultural East Coastist thing. Yeah. It was still, I come up, I came up through some times where there was, you know, pretty tense stuff going on. Um, and I know even these days people are like, well, you don't know what it's like because, you know, but like. Yeah, you've Trent, experienced it. Trenton was, Trenton's yeah. no joke. Anybody that's been there will tell you. Yeah. And um, I had, a, my, my cousin was dating a white guy and um, he got beat up by a group of Mexicans um, for being white and they beat up his Mexican friend for hanging out with the white dude like that. 
That stuff happens. That shit and it's, fucking it, happens. It's, dude. it's horrible. It's, it's not about the the nationality. It's about like um, the individual mentality. Is what it is. I mean, I I get it. Like if somebody's if somebody does slight you because of your skin color, I can understand. I can understand it. Uh, however, I'm not one of those people that like I've experienced it for a lifetime. I I somewhat can. I don't know what you call it. Empathize. Yeah. But I mean, there's no. I mean, I. A lot of people say, oh, I get a pass because, you know, <laughs> but I can kind of get it. But I know what it's like to be on the other, other side, too. Luckily, my mother put me in a Catholic school, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, because if I went to a Trenton City school, I would have got my ass beat every day. Yeah. It would have been like the bell rang. It would have been like, ding, like the boxing. Because <laughs> I would I might have just put a target on my head. Shit. Because the inner city's Trenton schools, it was 80% like non-white, if yeah. not more. And that's just that's just the way it is. It, Trenton's a depressed town. It's just like I've been to uh, Detroit. Um, it's kind of got that vibe. Uh, Newark, Elizabeth, South Phoenix at some point was probably like that, I imagine, based on yeah. the locals that tell me. So, I mean, I, I know what it's I, I know what being in those neighborhoods are like. I've lived in Philadelphia and parts of Philly. You better watch yourself. I mean, if you walk around with no fear and like. You're not a jerk. Nobody will mess with you. But if you're fearful and you're an asshole, you'll you'll be sent, you'll be sorted out real quick. Well, fucking, you know, they'll smell you out. Dude. It's like you're a piece of shit, and they're flies. You know, they'll just fucking find you. They'll see it. I remember getting off the elevated train in Brooklyn, and it was I went to East New York to look for an apartment, and it was off the elevated train. I came down, and I could feel the locals looking at me, and I just I didn't pay it any mind, give it any energy. But I could feel them like they knew I wasn't from that hood. Yeah. And I went to the apartment and it looked like somebody just thrashed it with a sledgehammer. And Shit. and so like that was actually the Henry Hill from Goodfellas neighborhood. Oh yeah. But it's it's a lot different now than nineteen fifty five. But yeah, I I know what it's like to be the outsider in the neighborhood and you better you gotta respect that. Don't yeah. compete with your environment in that sense 'cause Yeah, don't don't have that ego. You know, or you kind don't, of don't have a little fear. bit, you just be like, yeah, you, you, you don't go in there flaunting it, but at the same time, you don't, you don't, you know, show weakness. It's kind of like an unwritten code. Now, luckily I've only been jumped a few times, but it, it was, and I never been like, nobody ever took money, but I mean, I've been jumped by like local gangs in Trenton, but they were joke. So the only, they would just, he'd be like three or four on one. Yeah. And I, I didn't, I wasn't a. I wasn't a, a martial artist then, or I had only taken seven months of tank sudo. So <laughs> you just had your paintbrushes with you. No, I had my skateboard. I had to fight off a couple of guys with my skateboard once, but uh, it, I, and I'm not like a I'm not like a thug or a rough type of guy. I'm just saying I I came from an area where, uh, you know, my friends they would want to go skateboarding downtown Trenton, like just one or two of them, like don't do that, <laughs> bad move. They yeah. got they got their asses messed with. Fuck. And uh, I always knew you roll down there five or six or more deep, and it's you get have a better chance of coming home without getting you know jumped. So I remember what that was like. That was maybe that's what makes me a little bit paranoid or street smart or whatever you want to call it now. Yeah. I've really you know chilled out since then, but. Uh, that's that was how how we were and back then skateboarders were targets we were wearing 
pink day glow shirts oh, with, with, okay. with skulls and dragons on it <laughs> or like turquoise so we looked like the california surfer but to certain people that didn't know better it was you know you know they would throw certain words and make certain you know. yeah and so we were targets back then it wasn't it wasn't cool there was no van stored them all it didn't exist no hot topic wasn't a thing <laughs> you had were to, gauges of things back then no nobody nobody did that back then i mean it was very very far and few between they might have earrings or like they might have had like a hoop a bunch of hoops like the punks had the hoops in there uh, yeah, sure. but there wasn't like these big tattoo gauge culture i mean tattooing was still there but like yes now it's just like you got your corporate dude that works at verizon and i'm, I'm just picking a random corporation he's got <laughs> sleeves and that that's acceptable if you wear a long sleeve shirt back when i was if you did that in like when i was trying to get a job out of high school nope your parents would be like well you're not going to get hired you know and there were some people that did it anyway didn't give a shit but um didn't Fucking. like it didn't matter to me because i ended up working in uh oh geez what did i do i remember work i just worked in retail pretty much yeah how'd you make your way out to az i got involved with a woman in 2007 in philadelphia it was like one of those online it was it wasn't a dating site but it was like i think it was called foobar foobar it was myspace era hey <laughs> before facebook and she she and I started corresponding and I guess we hit it off and she convinced she visited me and I visited out here and I'd been to the desert before and I really liked it. I thought I was gonna go out to the desert with a generator and start a stoner band and like like <laughs> I thought I was gonna be Caius or Queens of the Stone Age and I was sorely mistaken and uh we didn't work out. It was like three months and I was like out here with no one in two thousand eight. Nobody. She kicked me out. I had to get my own place. I ended up being a roommate for the next, oh man, seven or eight years-ish or six years or so. And I just stayed because I brought so much stuff out here to yeah. me. And it, it's, uh, the first year was horrible. It was, it was tough because it was like traumatic and didn't know anybody. But eventually it got better and better. And it's, I like it here. What was it like looking up into the uh, Arizona sky compared to New Jersey? Like uh, at night? At, oh, well, even here, since I, you got to go away from Phoenix to get any really like cool stars, but um, there's just so much light pollution in Jersey because I lived off the Route 1 Turnpike Corridor, which is like major. It's If you look at it from a plane, it's just like grids of electricity. Yeah. yeah. Whereas out here, it's like that around Phoenix, but... When you fly over Phoenix, there's just these open black mm -hmm. spaces. Mm -hmm. So it's it's kind of the same because I'm I've been a suburban dude my whole life, um, mm. and luckily I have fiance who's more. She needs to be in the nature. Thank goodness she's gonna teach me how to grow food and stuff. Uh, hey. It's Jersey Jersey versus Arizona. The difference is it's green. It's densely populated where I was. You're close to the beach, and you've got like radical season changes quick. yeah big swings but here it's blue and tan <laughs> you know tan from the sand and blue there's these epic clouds especially if you go up near rim country and uh yeah it's gorgeous out here and i love the southwest i I've, I've always had an affinity for like i like the hopi and certain uh native cultures here i'm not like studying them in depth but i knew a little bit about that 
And ironically, my dad's grandparents had like this magazine called Arizona Highways. And I would just look mm-hmm. at that as a kid because they took such good pictures. I never thought in a million years I'd be out here. But yeah, it was pretty rad. And uh, it's cool. It's cool here. I, I knew a couple of people that weren't from here that used to badmouth it, like one of my exes. Uh-huh. I just said to them, if it's so bad, just get out. How hard is it to get out if you hate it that much? Yep. Like I didn't, I don't love it, but I, I really like it here, you know? Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's fairly ideal. I mean, if you can put up with the summer, the rest of the year is fucking great. You know, it's, you don't get the big season changes. You don't get besides, a, you know, a monsoon, you know, pour down or two and the, you know, three or four haboobs will get in the year. Boom. That's it. Yeah, it's it's good, but I think from a long term standpoint, I don't know how much the the water supply will hold up because. Yeah. But that's a good point. By then, I'll probably have moved on to somewhere where it's a little more stable. I don't know where that would be because everywhere else in the country I've been to is humid, <laughs> humid as balls. Fuck, fuck except, humidity. Except for San Diego, I hear is perfect. And yeah, but that'll be underwater before you know it. That too. And then in Hawaii, you can't afford to live. And in uh, certain coastal areas, it's beachfront property. It'll be underwater. You can't afford to live. I mean, I'm sure somewhere up in a higher elevation or like somewhere off the grid. Colorado, dude. Yeah, Colorado. Especially they just legalized um, psychedelic mushrooms. Did they really? Or decriminalized it. I don't think it would have mattered. Those people (laughs) are going to be doing that either way there. There's a lot of, it's a big ski resort, uh, snowboard. Yeah. Uh, kind of nature yep. based community from what I've from the people I've known I've my only experience is going through Denver airport for layover so which is one of the most weirdest airports ever if you've ever seen that like airport. murals and whatnot right yeah I got pictures of those murals it's it's a lot and I don't want to get off on the conspiracy oh here we go <laughs> I've looked into the some of those well I've looked into that for sure. I'm I'm one of those guys. I like to call myself a pragmatic skeptic, like or practical. Like I don't really want to say what it is, but I want to know about it. Yeah, I can't say what it is because almost for fear. I don't want people to think I'm nuts. But at some <laughs> point, I don't really give a shit. But at some point, I kind of do. Uh, but there's yeah. there's definitely something going on that is right in our faces. If you know what to look for, it's right in your face. There's a guy called Freeman. That's his last name. No relation to Morgan. His dad was like a Mason. He does a podcast or some type of broadcast. Mm-hmm. That dude knows his shit. And like, you can you can choose to doubt it or believe it. Doesn't really make a difference. But he ties it all in with uh, cultures and art and symbology. So like, you can you can say all that conspiracy stuff is bullshit it depends on what they're talking about like yeah and it depends on your belief system like i i like to think i'm pretty open-minded uh but i I don't really like to talk about this with too many people i feel like this is a safe place so i can say because yeah but i mean i'm I'm really into the conspiracies i i want to i'm a curious guy i want to know as much as i can about what's going on i think a lot of people are into conspiracies whether they buy into them is another story but everybody is interested well what is it like what's what's the secret truth right and for us to think that these powerful and wealthy individuals don't have their own interests in mind and securing their own future 
like that's a little foolish to think that they they're not taking the proper steps to you know do some things behind the scenes well it's also like this you know you're my friend and you need something i can if i can help you i will it's kind of like that on a <laughs> on an exponential level yeah friends in high places will help each other and sometimes it's not ethical or doesn't it's not for the greater good that's all i'm going to say about that yeah. so if you don't if you if if anybody's ever done something for a friend and it's like, oh, there's no conspiracies or no uh, people keeping us back. Well, okay. I don't know if I'd agree with that because uh, it, the more you look into stuff, the more you see the interconnected web of everything. And that's conspiracy. That's our biology. Almost everything is, you can you can connect the dots if I'm going to use a Pee Wee Herman thing. Yeah. We're all connected, so... I don't see how somebody can shoot down some of the conspiracy things. I mean, some of the stuff about, like, there are some things like aliens and such where you can, can't can prove or disprove, so to speak. Yeah. Because there's, there's some things you can't measure with a meter or a photograph. Yeah. But then there's other things like common sense. Yeah. Well, here's the thing about um, evidence. And... Um I mean, the best thing I could point to is dark matter is we don't know how to necessarily measure it. We can't see it. We can't do anything, but we know there's something out there that we have to account for. So we label it dark matter. Um, you know, we can only see a small portion of the color spectrum. Like there's so many other colors out there that our eyes don't pick up on. Oh, sure. There's also the magnetic and radio waves that um, other animals are privy to, like birds. They can, you know, migrate based off of the, you know, Earth's magnetosphere and follow those waves. And bees, um, ultraviolet lights, they can see. So it's like... There's probably some shit out there and we just, A, can't hear it, can't smell it, can't see it, so on and so forth we because we're limited. Or we've forgotten. We have, yeah, there's, there's, it's crazy. You would think it's like, how could you forget this, this, and this? And then you, you start looking back at these ancient empires or civilizations that are just like wiped. Well, it, I think if you're, if you're a Jungian Carl Jung says it's a collective unconsciousness. Basically, over time, everything that happens is kind of in the collective unconscious or psyche of humans. Yeah. So if you believe that, then that could be a tribute to the stuff, some of the stuff that's going on. But also you... Um, oh, shit, I forgot what I was going to say. But um, what, what were we on? We were on a, I got off track here. Um, Like just being able to see certain things. Oh, yeah. Like my buddy guy who remained nameless was talking junk about chi the other day <laughs> and nobody actually believes in it maybe it wasn't chi but it was something close to that and like you said you can't see a microwave but if they hit you with the high enough frequency it'll burn your ass yep you can't see it but mm -hmm. it's there the energy's there so it's the same thing with chi or a lot of things just because one can't see it or experience it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I mean, mm -hmm. we didn't know that uh, we didn't know that certain stars were there until we had a powerful enough telescopes or going the other way. Yeah. They get to the atom and they find like particles smaller than the atom or, you know, it goes both ways. And um, man, it goes back to once you start knowing stuff, you realize what you don't know. I found that like 
um, you can go infinitely smaller or bigger. And like, I'm no, I'm, I suck at math, but I can, I really like the stuff about dark matter and stuff like that. But I'm starting to see a, some of the, the hidden knowledge is, uh, it could be tied in with science or science could be applied to that or such. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I mean, how could it be a coincidence that all these cultures all over the world build step pyramids? <laughs> I mean, yeah, they it's, look different. It's it's the easiest way to stack shit up for the most part, but to to again start looking at the magnetic sphere, and I think they're all lined up on that path where you get the most energy from the Earth. The pyramids are perfectly placed. Yeah, and I can't really speak upon that in detail, but there's YouTube videos on it and with, with reputable people where they line up with certain stars. They mm -hmm. line up. In perfect proportion with mm -hmm. certain parts, it's at perfect. Like the precision in in some of those things was so on the money, and I'm sure the ones in the Americas, same thing. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, if you haven't read another good guy to read just for fun, this is shits and giggles. Reading is uh, Zechariah Sitchin. Oh yeah, tenth the planet, Earth, the Earth Chronicles guy. I read Genesis Revisited, and uh, I've got the other ones that just sit on my shelf because I'm a poser, but. <laughs> And I like to just eventually you get around to him. I'm I'm backlogged on books, but like he, who isn't? He definitely translates the cuneiform, and a lot of people say, "Oh, well, he 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 made errors or whatever." But basically, there's from what I got from it is there's a lot of a lot of stuff in ancient cultures that was like way ahead of their time. If you can't see that, then you're just not paying attention. Like they literally yeah. have fucking dudes in UFOs and their hieroglyphs all over the world. Mm -hmm. like, I've seen some of those. And then, and then to like to discredit certain um, not achievements, but like technology, just because it's like, well, that's pretty basic. It's like, yeah, it's pretty basic now, but for back then, you have to put it in context. Like, it's huge for them to do specific stone carving or stacking, like you said, um, building those pyramids. Like, that's huge. Well, the, the pyramids were cut and stacked such precision that if they were off just a little bit, they wouldn't be able to hold the weight or something, or they wouldn't have lined up as perfectly as they did. So, I mean, like, I don't know. And even in the Americas, um, or no, I'm sorry, Samaria. So the Mesopotamian, mm -hmm. Tigris, Euphrates mm -hmm. Valley, those cultures, ancient Babylon, or no, wait, the ones, the one, the ones that Zechariah Sitchin is talking about. Um, he talks about Ur and uh, such, and he's they had knowledge of of mathematics, and they had they had star maps. Well, how did they have that? You know, somebody somebody had to have a way of mapping that out, or mm -hmm. how, how did mathematics just how did they figure that out? You know, um, I don't know. It wasn't there. You're talking about something that went down a long time ago. But all those so-called ancient cultures, man, they knew something. And if I think what you're going to see is like long after we're gone, you're going to see either obliteration or you're going to see us try to integrate that with the modern age. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's like that's the way it's got to go. So that we got to adapt. We got to remember who we are and, you know, take all these advances and use them to further humans or we're going to. You know, the earth's going to continue. We're going to be a dead species. So yeah. like um, George Carlin says, the earth ain't going anywhere. <laughs> it's us people, you know, like wake up. And like, I'd have to kind of agree with a lot of the stuff that guy said. Yeah. Well, eventually the earth will get off its axis and, you know, 
the polar caps will change, but also by then we might even lose the magnetosphere. And also by then the earth, the uh, sun's going to expand enough to swallow us. So it all just depends on how long we're talking about here. Well, I'm saying in our lifetime, I'll be going. Oh, for sure. But, um, and it's all about, I think, what am I going to leave behind? Like, I'm just a, I'm like a, a quark in the bigger picture, you know, (laughs) but that, that thought is funny because like, um, when you think back to like medieval days or like the, the days of kings and queens and, and you look back and it's like, oh, you know, I would have been a knight. I would have been this. I would have been that. And it's like, no, you would have just been a peasant. A you surf. Know? Yeah, a surf. Yeah. The most most of us would have just been, you know, um, what's the other word that people are saying now? Like non, non-player non characters in, in video games. Plebeians. Uh, NPCs, I think, is what they're referring to. Non non player characters, like you know, oh, when you're okay. like playing Zelda or something, and you go into the store to buy like equipment, and the guy's sitting in the counter, right? Yeah, like that's us. We're not Zelda. We're not not Zelda, but Link. You know, we're not yeah. Link. We're not you know the main character in there. Most of us are just you know everything else that's like around. However, though, if you realize your power and you're in your center, you realize the impact you can leave. There, there's that's, a, true. that's the other side of the coin so that is true i think that a lot of people just go through the motions and they don't really live but the people that are you know passionate and are living they're yeah. the ones that change things um, yeah going through the motions man that's that's it, um it's at a price though that's an early death well, it really is the thing is is i can tell you there's been more lonelier days than there has been like days where i was like oh man i'm the shit <laughs> But you you appreciate those days though. I do, but at the same time, it's when, like when, when you do feel like you're the shit though. I mean, I and I brought it on myself. I chose I chose creativity. I chose to know certain things, and that comes with a like knowledge comes with yeah. a price or like. So I can't complain because. I could, yeah, I could have been a computer graphics artist, but still, yeah, I can see that, and that that would still be you creating, but um, it would have been in the service of someone else. Yeah, that, unless you somehow made like such a big name for yourself. But, um, you know, people talk shit about the arts as far as like being a bullshit degree. But it, yeah, so say you go to like a trade school or something like that, um, or you get like a, a more respectable quote unquote um, profession. What do you spend your money on? You spend your money on entertainment, on being entertained by somebody else creating something out of thin air that wasn't there before. Sure. So, yes, you work towards, you know, or you work a certain job or you work towards a certain profession or certain goal, but you spend your entertainment money or your free time enjoying the arts. So well, hopefully, because the arts is a big, big spectrum. Well, well, yeah, yeah, and I mean the arts is just as far as like you know, music, movies, um, yeah, comedy, everything. You know, it's any entertainment. Somebody is putting on a show. Like, I mean, you know, it still takes a certain artist to design a car, to design a new piece of merchandise um to design a gun i mean that's a little bit more mechanical but still i get what you're saying the look it's an industrial design type of thing yeah so you're still you're still having to create something right but i can tell you from having an art degree and going to art school that uh the arts is the one or like fine arts per se or some of the arts i've seen 
That is the one thing that if you don't understand aesthetics, people are total bullshit artists. Mm -hmm. And if, if you go to when you, when I was in New York in the nine, late nineties, the galleries, my friend to use my friend Dennis's term, the galleries were dripping with garbage on the wall and it was just penises <laughs> and vaginas and just the most base art ever. Or like somebody took a, like even that, like Andy Warhol and Lichtenstein, they just basically, like they did a lot for graphic design, but Lichtenstein just took a comic strip and blew it up really big yeah. on a wall. Andy Warhol, nice fucking soup can. Come on. I mean, but, and I'm, what he did was he. Holy shit, dude. I just forgot you had a cat and I was freaking out. Yeah, no, I did. Bro. <laughs> I'm like, what am I seeing over there? But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh no, it's just a shape shifting reptilian. <laughs> yeah, no but, joke, dude. When we were talking about aliens. But, uh, the, uh, Andy Warhol. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, nice soup can. I mean, he did influence graphic design because I took that in a, for a bit. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's, there is a way that you can judge aesthetics. And, um, Joseph Campbell tells, talks about that. So, that's your boy. Well, he talks about it. He, he says, like, it knocks you out of your ego self and time stands still. Whereas the other stuff is just slop. And you've got a lot of so-called artists that's just slop. Yeah. Or it's it's personal. It doesn't relate to anything. Low-hanging fruit. Yeah. I mean, lowest common denominator. And, you know, if in all fairness, if that's what you're fed your whole youth and you're not sensitive to that, how can you ever see that? Yeah. You know, luckily, luckily, fortunately, I was exposed to a little bit of everything and then uh that dude dennis from new york dennis green he said he was the one that kind of laid this all down and i applied that thinking to other things i'm like you know i can totally connect with that because let's face it if if you're an, a heart surgeon and you bullshit that people die yeah if you're air traffic controller and you bullshit that plane planes crash Fuck yeah. Um, you can't bullshit that type of stuff. But for some some be some people when they went you should have seen some of the senior shows I saw in art school. You would have laughed your ass off. And you could <laughs> I couldn't say anything because I was I was a white Caucasian male. They would have strung me up by my nuts. Ooh. Because that was that was right right when um well we were coming off the uh, like the mid nineties political correctness in the hardcore scene. It just kind of like had its thing. And, um, geez, that was like, wasn't late nineties. That was at the Clintons and all that. Well, I think it was like 92 to 99 or so, or it was George W. I don't remember, but all, yep. it was a time. It was a time where you had to watch what you said or said you were saying, because, there was a lot of people who were reacting to like oppression and you had to be, you had to dance around what you said. I, but I bit my tongue a lot. Just. Yeah. That's what Jesse Jackson really got his rise. Oh yeah. I mean, and so it's like, I saw some stuff that, um, that was just like, really this, you spent an entire semester doing this and the faculty should have stepped in and said, that's, that's bullshit. But they didn't. Cause that's what was going on it in the city at that time. And you know, it is what it is. I mean, I'm always, I mean, 
I, I just hope I can still maintain the connection. Uh, when I do make my return to art, I hope I can make that connection. I mean, cause I could easily do stuff that would, I could try to make images that would sell. I just take whatever's popular and copy it and do it in a way that nobody's seen it and hope people buy it. But I, I want to do something that, you know, in a hundred, 200 years, people can say, Oh, I relate to that. Yeah. And it came from somewhere meaningful instead of just, yeah. I mean, some of those old, uh, some of those older paintings, they look as fresh as they were painted in like 400 years ago. It's because they, well, you know, they're academically good, but yeah. they also connect on a spirit. Like, you know, it all goes back to, for me, mind, body, spirit. So, um, there are ways you can measure aesthetics. You can't measure everything, but you can measure aesthetics. Whether you choose to buy it, that's your thing. Because like a lot of people, if you call bullshit on them, they 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 play whatever card they like to play. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that in art school too. It was kind of sad. So I kept my mouth fucking shut because I didn't have a platform being a white dude and a you know with a dick. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I gonna say? They'll just say, "Well, you're a white dude with a dick," and like. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out again. And again, just did a lot of prints, and was, I was happy. You know, good. Well, shit, brother, it's getting a little late. It's almost ten thirty p.m. So, um, is it really? Yeah, you want me to strip down and you paint me here on the couch? Uh, no, oh, okay, forget okay, about okay. it. <laughs> you paint your toenails on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> shit. All right, man. Um, where could uh, people look up um, any of? Um, I think the, the cops oh. are here. <laughs> where did that come from somebody called the cops on us we're making too much noise <laughs> um i know uh, i'm taking some xing yi classes uh from from you um where could people maybe hit you up if they were interested in in learning some of that well i'm glad you asked juan that's a very astute question you can find me right now on facebook it's mystic energy arts and uh, I do an Instagram page, Mystic Energy Arts, or the way it might be singular. But if you you look me up, if you look those up, I'm sure it'll come up. There's no like paid website I have right now. It's kind of word of mouth, and I'm working on trying to market it. And I'm putting up flyers, but you can find me on Facebook and Instagram, pretty easy. Uh, or if you look up John Me, eventually some I'm sure you could find me. My my email is meetsheet at hotmail dot com. It's been that since 1998. So is it J-O-H-N-M-E-A-T? That's correct. It's meat, like, because it was ironic because I'm trying to be a vegetarian and it's, it's meat. Because a good friend of mine who back east, he gave me that name. Yeah. Told that story many times, but <laughs> we were passing a John Deere tractor place and he just started pointing and laughing. And he said it was me and it was John Deere, John Deere meat. Oh, okay. It just kind of stuck. And now all these punk rock kids know me like that. Yeah, no, I, I think it flows. Uh, I heard it for the first time yesterday, or no, Tuesday, I, Tuesday Wednesday? I Wednesday. I don't remember telling him that that was my name, but I guess I, he did because it had to be the same person, yeah. So that's that's it's a trip, I mean, so, yeah. Done. <laughs> but uh, Mystic Energy Arts, and uh, that's because of uh, my teachers always talking about mysterious energy. And yeah, I think it's a good name, man. It's a good name. Oh, thanks. It's... Uh, I'm gonna. It's the one I'm going with. Eventually, I have a logo and all that. So, well, let me know. I started doing logos, as you can see. So sweet. Um. All right, guys. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in, and uh, yeah, I'd love to have you on again sometime, man. So um, yeah, maybe once you get a couple other people. 
Yeah. Uh, down the, or if you, yeah, I, I'd go on again. Of course, it's it's good fun talking about yourself. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, Exposing yourself and so that others can scrutinize you later. Yeah, it's all about being vulnerable. Yeah. So that's uh, that's where I'm at right now. So. All right, cool, man. All right, man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. All right, check you guys later. Uh, visit www.thishuantime.com for all your Juan needs, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Def necessities. <laughs> you better go there. All right, later. <laughs>